The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Lots of... A great way to be reminded of our new series that we begin. Uh, we began last week, and Ryan did a great job kicking us off. And uh, today we continue uh, with part two. Uh, I'm grateful for my family. We have a lot of things to be grateful for here at Coastal. One thing that everybody in this room probably has to be grateful for is food. And uh, you take for granted uh, the meals that you eat, the food that you have. Uh, but there are a lot of people in Charleston that are hurting, uh, hungry. And uh, today is, uh, we did this last year, and we're doing it again today. Um, it's Feed Charleston Day. And you might have noticed when you came in, but over here to my uh, left, your right, against the side of the wall over there, it are bags and bags and bags of food. And so here's what we want you to do. After the service today, take a bag, take two bags, take three bags, and maybe you know some elderly people in your neighborhood, some hurting people, shelters nearby, people uh, that could use some food. Maybe somebody here in our church needs food, and uh, no one's going to be embarrassed, no one's going to have to feel any, any different because everybody's taking food today. So let's feed Charleston, let's feed people in our community. Uh, we... Um, have been blessed. Uh, we have a great relationship with Oakland Elementary School across the street. Uh, we serve and, and volunteer over there, and we have a wonderful relationship, and uh, we do a lot of things for them throughout the year. Well, they've now begun to have a can drive for us, for our food bank every year. Uh, last year, they collected like 1,100 uh, canned goods and food items. This year, it was over 2,800. And uh, so we completely, fully stocked our food bank. Uh, we got plenty of food over there, but we, but we have so much that we said, hey, you know what? Let's just bless Charleston. Let's feed people today. So take some food uh, after the service, grab some bags, and I hope you know some people that you could just uh, be a blessing to. Uh, the other thing that I want to bring to your attention today is that on Monday, Monday night, uh, is our uh, membership class. And uh, those of you who've been coming to Coastal for a while and uh, you're ready to say, you know what, this church family is my church family. And I want to officially uh, make a commitment to Coastal. And uh, that, the way you do that is through our membership class. It's uh, Monday night, 6 to 9. Uh, we have light refreshments. We provide childcare, And you sign up for it uh, on the back of your Connect card. So if you're interested in doing that, uh, make sure you sign up for that today. Uh, the other thing uh, that I want to bring to your attention that's in your bulletin as well uh, is a little red sheet. Uh, we've been talking about that for uh, several weeks now, and that's our Christmas offering. Uh, every year, this is our sixth time we've done this. It's our annual Christmas offering. It's a, it's a special offering above and beyond our regular giving, and it goes toward uh, several initiatives, uh, ministries, uh, enabling us to make a tremendous impact uh, in our church, in our community, and in our world. And uh, we have a big goal this year. It's $60,000, but the way that we reach that goal is that everybody who calls Coastal Home uh, gives something. Uh, you can't give the same thing as everybody else, but everybody can make the same sacrifice. And when we all do that together, man, God shows up in an amazing way and does great things. And uh, that Christmas offering uh, pays for our vacation Bible school. It helps uh, bring down the cost of camp for our students. Uh, this summer, uh, we're going to have something called the Summer of Impact. We're going to be serving uh, our community throughout the summer, and it's going to pay for the supplies for that. Uh, it's also going to pay for some remodeling that needs to take place in our Coastal Kids building. So I would ask you to prayerfully consider uh, what you and your family will give uh, toward our Christmas offering. But today, here we are, week two, uh, I am grateful for my family. I really believe that one of the most powerful life-changing forces in the world today is the attitude of gratitude. Uh, it's that choice. Ryan talked about this last week. That It's a choice that you make every day to be 
grateful. And each week during the series, we're going to talk about something else that we have to be grateful for, maybe something that you might have overlooked. Today, uh, we're going to talk about the family. Uh, raise your hand today if you came from or have a perfect family. Okay, well, that's very good, because if you raised your hand, you're either a liar or your mom is in this service with you. Okay, don't worry, Teresa, Ryan raised his hand, okay, so we're good. Um, anyway, uh, but we know this, there are no perfect families, right, because there are no perfect what? People. Now, raise your hand, however, if when you got together with your extended family over Thanksgiving, just a week ago, that if you acted out on your feelings, you would be in jail today because you would have killed someone in your family. Raise your hand, come on, okay, and you're still lying, okay, but... Um, how about this? Have you ever played the game, my family is crazier than your family? You ever played that? Sure, you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, you're out with some friends, and someone starts telling some crazy story, you know, about their family, and, and then in your mind, you're listening, but you're going, man, I'm going to top that. You know, I got something even crazier. My fa- listen to me, listen. I win that game all the time. Okay, seriously, I do. Just listen to these words or phrases that describe my family or situations in my family, people in my family, just the Rollins family tree in general. Here we go. Divorce, prison, autism, crackhead, obesity, ninja, racism, liberal, conservative, homosexual, midget, abuse, drug dealer, hillbilly, bankrupt, pornography, restraining order, atheist, bipolar, alcoholic. Welcome to the Rollins Christmas, okay? There you go. Um, You're listening to that and go, okay, I I see some of those, but uh, you got to tell me a story. And they're all stories. Now, get this. We even have Gamecock fans in our family tree. That's true. That's true. Actually, I was going to say, and that's just Janet's side of the family, but my mother-in-law might be watching today. Hey, hey, mom. Um, so somebody once said, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your what? Your family. Um, but you know what I've learned over the years, and, and it has taken me a long time to learn this lesson. I've learned that I can still be grateful for my family. Uh, all of it. All of it. Because my family, those people those stories, all made me who I am today. Listen, your family is the redemptive vehicle that God used sovereignly to bring you into this world and draw you to himself. You know, everybody wants a loving family. I, I really do believe that. I, I don't, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, Christian, non-Christian, liberal, conservative, what part of the country. Everybody wants a loving family. In our heart of hearts, everyone longs for a healthy, loving, stable family. But here is what I have discovered. Even if you have that, even if by the grace of God, you and your spouse both came from a highly unhealthy, unloving, non-Christian family, and it's as though the two of you, you know, with God's help, started a new family tree. Not perfect, but Christ-centered and loving from time to time. All of us are guilty of not being grateful for our family and taking our family for what? For granted. We all do it. 
Even though everybody in this room knows that time marches on at the speed of light and halts for no one. Even though if you're a parent, you lament all the time that our kids grow up way, way too fast. Even though we're all painfully aware that life is very fragile and can change in an instant. We all have a tendency from time to time to take the people in our family, even our immediate family. I mean, those people that we say they mean the most to us. We have a tendency to take them for granted. And there are a lot of people in this room today who have learned that lesson the hard way. And you would give anything for one more hug, one more kiss, one more phone call, one more moment just to share and express love. So that's what I want to challenge all of us to do today to not take our families for granted. You know, to be grateful for each and every person in our family and to cherish each and every moment that we have with our family as a gift from God. Now to do that today, first of all, I want to take a look at what I believe are a couple of reasons that we have to be grateful for the family. Now, these are characteristics of a healthy family, and since none of us come from or have perfect families, not only do I hope that we're going to be moved to express gratitude for our family, but I also hope today that you're going to find something very practical that you can do, that we can do to improve our families, to work on our families, okay? So, number one, I'm grateful for my family because my family is a shelter in the storms of life. Family is a shelter in the storms of life. Now, we all have storms in life. You know, we talk a lot about storms here at Coastal. We've got that book that we give away called Unshakable, Standing Strong in the Storms of Life, because life is tough. It rains, it pours, we go through tough times, things don't always go as planned, and so we need this place of protection and stability. In fact, Proverbs 14, 26 says, he who fears the Lord, listen to this, has a secure fortress And for his children, it will be a what? What's the word? A refuge. Now circle those words there. Refuge and fortress. Secure fortress. Listen, do your kids, does your wife, does your family feel like they have a place of refuge? A place of security? The Bible says that's one of the reasons God created the family for the the storms of life. Let me give you three common storms that we all face today. Uh, One is change. Change is a storm. Man, some of you in this room, you've been through a lot of change this this year, whether it's illnesses, deaths, graduation, changing jobs, moving. So there's got to be a place that no matter where the house happens to be, no matter where the extended family is at, that you know you can count on those people, that, that, uh, that environment. When change comes, we need that, that shelter, that place of shelter. Another uh, storm is failure. Failure. You know, you probably figured out that you're not always the winner in life. Everybody can't be Clemson, right? Um, you know, you lose sometime. <laughs> yeah, I got to get that in. Um, you know, but you get, to, you get turned down, you know, sometimes for the, the job, you know, the promotion at work. You get an F at school. You don't make the team. Your team has a losing season. You go bankrupt. Things don't always go as planned. Now, you can handle a lot of that in life if you can go home to a hug. 
if you've got a shelter in that storm. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says, two are better than one, because if one falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, it's just too bad because there's no one to help him. That is, that, by the way, that's not talking about being a single adult. It's talking about not having anyone in your life that you can depend on. Family members are fans, even when you do have a losing season. They're a shelter. Another storm is rejection. Rejection, that's probably one of the, the most difficult storms to handle. We, we hate to be rejected. We hate to be put down. We hate to be ridiculed, criticized. And some of the most difficult rejection you had was growing up in school. Have, have you ever noticed how, how cruel kids can be? If you do not believe in the sinful nature of man, become a teacher, okay? You know, many of you can remember uh, painful or embarrassing moments that you had when you were a child, and you can still remember those today, 20, 30 years later, vividly. You know, somebody said something to you or about you and it hurt. And if you didn't have anybody to go home to, to reinforce the positive in your life, that can create a long-lasting emotional wound. Remember playing games growing up? And in a lot of those games as a child, the goal was always to get to home base. Because when you're home, you're what? Safe. Homes were meant for that. So that's a reason that we have to be grateful for our home. That's a shelter in the storms of life. And if you have that, if you had that growing up, be grateful. If you have that now, be grateful. And we're going to talk about how to express that in a moment. Number two, I'm grateful for my family because my family, good or bad, is a learning center for the lessons of life. That's what the family is. You learn things in your family you would never, ever learn anywhere else. In the family, you learn some of the most basic skills of life. Probably skills, you know, that you take for granted. Probably things that you take for granted. You know, think about it. In your family, you learned how to walk, right? You learned how to talk, how to eat, how to potty. In fact, we call that what? Potty training, right? How to read, how to ride a bike, how to drive. Raise your hand if you can drive a stick, by the way. Anybody learn that? Raise your hand. What? Raise your hand if you cannot drive a stick. Let's, let's, let's embarrass our non-stick drivers. Okay, my wife cannot drive a stick. Um, uh, you learn how to swim. You know, you might have got thrown into the deep end, right? Some of you, maybe you actually went to lessons or something. How to shave. I remember, you know, teaching Christopher in the mirror how to shave. How to burp the alphabet. Anybody learn how to do that? Basic skill. How to make farting noises under your arm, you know, other body parts. Um, basic skills you got to have, right? You learn those things in your family. And I think God intended our family to be that, to be learning centers for life. Luke 2.52, in fact, says this about Jesus. And Jesus grew four different ways. Look at this. First, he grew in what? What's the word? In wisdom. I think that's intellectual growth. And in stature. He grew physically. Then he grew in favor with God, spiritual growth, and men, relational, emotional growth. That ought to happen in our families. In fact, it does, good or bad. You grow intellectually, physically, spiritually, relationally, emotionally, just like Jesus. We learn a lot of things in our family. Let me give you at least three things that you will never leave home without, without learning. Number one, relationships. You do. You, you learn to relate in your home, good or bad, right or wrong, effective or ineffective, healthy or unhealthy. Again, you learn that. And, and I believe that your happiness to an extent to this day depends on your ability to relate with other people. 
And you got the foundation of that, the start of that in your home. And that's why it's so important that we learn good relationships at home. You know, things like relationships are worth saving, that we talk out our problems, uh, that we ask for forgiveness quickly, that we're willing to do whatever it takes, that screaming and swearing and pouting and leaving are unacceptable. We learn to model that stuff as parents because we help our kids determine how they're going to relate to other people for the rest of their life. So we learn relationships. Number two, we also learn character. You don't leave home without that. You know, much of who you are, you basically picked up from home, uh, from your parents. Aren't you, think about this, aren't you amazed or terrified how much like your parents you become every day? I mean, that's crazy. You might have seen those progressive commercials on TV. You, you find yourselves uh, saying things to your children that you swore up and down you would never, ever say when your mom or dad said them to you. Things like, because I said so, that's why. Very good. Shut the door. Were you born in a... Very good. Very good. Stop crying or I'll... I'll give you something to cry about. If all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you? Um, you just picked this stuff up, you know? You did. Because character is caught, not taught. You know, you don't tell your kids, hey, you always be honest, and then when the phone rings, tell them I'm not there. Um, you watch your actions. They watch your actions. You don't say things like honor your father and mother, and then you just disrespect and dishonor your wife or your husband in their presence. You also learn values at home. Just think about all the things that you learned about values. About, you learn about work, uh, about sex, about time, about money, about recreation, play. You learned about God. Isaiah 38, 19 says, one generation makes known your faithfulness to the next. Now what that verse says is that your family is like a relay race. You are passing a baton on to your children that they will pass on to the next generation and the next generation. Your family is simply one link, that's all it is, one link in a long chain, a long race throughout time of the families that came before you and the families that are going to come after you. And that's pretty serious when you think about it. Because what that means is, I'm not only influencing my family, my children right now, but I am influencing future generations. And so are you. You have been influenced, not just by your parents, your immediate family, but by the influence that they had from their parents, and on and on down the line. And so when we raise our kids, it's not just, well, man, I hope my kids are going to make it. Nope. It's, I am influencing future generations of my family name. I am leaving a legacy. So the pressing question becomes, what kind of legacy are you leaving? Part of our job description as a parent is to teach values. Look at Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Talking about the word of God here. Those values, that character. 
Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Do you know why one reason I think we're not doing that anymore? Because we don't walk along the road together anymore. We don't talk when we sit at home. We don't go to bed at the same time. We don't wake up together. The, the home, the home has become nothing more at best than, than a truck stop or a Holiday Inn Express and you're hoping there's breakfast provided. That's it. We're just too busy. And then when we are together, listen to this, we're either too tired or too distracted from our devices. The average American now spends, listen to this, 10 hours a day on screen time. Screen time. You know what I'm talking about, right? TV, computer, phone. So ask yourself, what am I teaching my family through my actions? Intentionally or unintentionally, what am I teaching them? What am I teaching them about money? You know, what, what am I teaching them about sex? About character? About honesty? About relationships? About, about God? And then ask yourself, is that what I want to teach them? Does it match? Coastal, listen to me. If it doesn't, do something about it. You know, it's on you now to break the cycle. You know, sometimes you've got to have this mentality that, yes, I have a family tree. Yes, I have a history. We all do. But you know what, honey? You know what, family? We're going to graft a new branch into this family tree. We're going to begin a new way of doing things. Listen, don't ever, don't ever use your past as an excuse for your future and your legacy that you're leaving. Good or bad, positive or negative, our families, all of us, they are shelters for the storms of life, and they are learning centers for the lessons of life. And yes, left to ourselves, we tend to take that for granted. We tend to take the people, the family, uh, the family closest to us, the people we say we, we love the most, we tend to take them for granted. And so my challenge today for me, for you, for all of us is, let's change that. Let's break that cycle. Look for ways to express your gratitude, to prove your gratitude. Listen, you say you love your family. You say you're grateful for your, your children, your spouse, your family, your parents. Prove it. Demonstrate it this week. How? Let me give you some simple, practical ways and words to demonstrate your gratitude. First of all, demonstrate it, yes, with your words. It doesn't get any simpler than that. Your words. In other words, say it. I mean, that right there, that sounds so simple, but listen to me. Tell your family, tell your wife, tell your husband, tell each of your children every single day that you love them and you're grateful for them. I, I have this little, it's just almost a habit now in my life, but I, it's my goal every single day that the first thing my wife hears from me and the last thing she hears from me is that I love her and I'm grateful for her. Make that your goal. 
But, but let, let me say something. Let's, let's go beyond that because it does not stop there because it really isn't enough just to say it, okay? 1 John 3.18 says this, Dear children, let us stop just saying we love each other. Okay, he's not saying there's anything wrong with that. That is good. That's the starting place. Say it. You ought to express it. You ought to say it. But, he says, let us really show it by our what? By our actions. So let me give you some actions to show it. You ready for this? This one will blow you away. It is so deep and so profound. Give them a hug. (laughs) Give them a hug. Do you hug your kids every day? Do you hug your spouse every day? Have you hugged them today? If not, why not? Parents, let me let you in on a little secret. If your kids don't get the physical affirmation they need from you in a positive, healthy way, they will seek it out in an unhealthy way with the boys and girls that they date. You can bet on that. And while I'm on the subject, husband and wives, what kind of affection do your children see you giving to each other in the home? Do they see that at all? Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Yeah, but Pastor Chris, you know, I, I grew up in a home, I just didn't get that. You know, the home that I grew up, it wasn't all touchy-feely, I love you, hug, hug, huggy, wasn't that. We just didn't do that, and you know what? That is very, very difficult for me. So, how do I say this in a loving, pastoral, sensitive way? Get over yourself! Okay, seriously, listen, you had better get to the point where you realize that your family's need for love and affection is greater than your difficulty in expressing it. Here's another practical way to express gratitude. Have fun together. Have fun together. You know, the the family is a place to play, and and that's missing in so many families today, and maybe it is just the busyness of family. And we have exchanged our devices for playtime. One of my favorite verses is Ecclesiastes 9.9, enjoy life with your wife whom you love. Let me tell you something, that's that's one commandment I am obeying. I enjoy life with my wife whom I love. When my son Christopher got married last year, now Lydia getting married this coming year, people ask me all the time, you know, all the time, how, uh, how, how Janet and I are, are going to adjust. How we are adjusting to the what? The empty nest. The empty nest. You know what I tell them? It's awesome! Woo! It is great! It is, don't, don't come by our house unannounced. That's all I'm saying, okay? But it's awesome. But do, do you know why it's awesome? Because we genuinely enjoy each other. We do. We have fun together. My wife is my best friend. I'd rather spend time with her than any of you. I'm serious, you know, we have fun together. Listen, it was great. It was great before we had children. It was great when they were around. By the way, we didn't have a child-centered home where our child, you know, dictated what we did or didn't do because they're going to be gone one day, okay? And guess what? And now it's still great when it's just the two of us. You've heard the saying, um, the family that prays together stays together. I, I, I agree with that. But I would also add the family that prays and plays together. The family has fun, you know, that makes memories. 
You know, I've, I've been in so many homes where that's just a, the basic problem is they've forgotten how to have fun, how to laugh. And I, I do think, I think that starts with the parents. That's true whether, you know, you're a single parent, you know, married. Listen, have fun, lighten up. How, how do you do that? You know, if you're married, how do you do that? Date each other again. Date each other. You know, get a babysitter, go out, laugh, play. You don't have to spend a lot of money to do that. And shame, shame on you if it's been longer than two or three weeks since you've gone out together without your kids. Repent and enjoy life with your husband, with your wife, whom you love. You drop your kids off at our house, we'll take care of them. I can't promise you what will happen while they're there, but they'll be alive when you come to pick them up. Um, listen, I promise you it will spill over into your children's lives. Here's another way to practically demonstrate your gratitude. Serve each other. Serve each other. You know, what I see in so many homes today is just good old-fashioned selfishness. You know, you get your time, I get mine, this is my money, this is, your, this is mine or yours, this is your job, this is mine, I did this, you better do that. And you wonder why you're so tired and worn out and your family's a mess. Let me give you another option. Stop keeping score and start serving one another. That's what God intended marriage to be, a serving contest. Husband and wife daily discovering each other's needs and then going low and meeting them. Now, let me be frank. Men, I believe that starts with you. You be a real man. God's man. A man of strength. A man of character. And start serving your wife. You say, well, you know, I'm supposed to be the head of my house. Yeah, as the Bible says, as Christ is the head of the church who gave up his life for her, sacrificed himself for her. Listen, self-centered, disengaged, distant, busy men, excuse me, babies are a dime a dozen and your home is falling apart and you know it and God knows it. A real man is a man who loves Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior and takes responsibility for his home, not as a dictator, but as a servant leader. And he takes the initiative and he serves his wife and he meets her needs. And then, this is so beautiful, she responds to his leadership. And they begin doing that for one another. It is a beautiful, beautiful circle of love. And when we deviate from that plan, from God's plan, instead of a circle of love, it becomes a vicious cycle of pain and hurt. On the back of your Connect card, there's a little, uh, a little check box that says, let me pull it out, it says, I will serve my wife, excuse me, I will express my gratitude for my family by fill in the blank. You know, we all have a next step. We all have a way that we can grow. And I don't know what that is for you and your family, but I want you to personalize it today. Do you need to say it? Do your, does your family need a hug? You know, maybe it's a, it's a handwritten note. Maybe it's a date night. Maybe it's serving. What is it for you that you could walk out of here today and do a better job of expressing your gratitude to your family?
Everything you have is a gift from God, including your family. And you are not promised the next breath that you take. It can all be taken away in an instant. You know, just this past week, a guy that I went to high school with said goodbye to his wife and two small kids, went to work, and then dropped dead with a brain aneurysm. Gone. Uh, from our own church, right here in our own church family, Phil and Krista Votaw, just this past Thanksgiving evening, driving right out here on uh, Savannah Highway um, in their new van with their two small children in the back seat. One moment, not a care in the world. The next moment, out of nowhere, bam, they're rear-ended. Car bags exploding everywhere, and Phil told me that the worst feeling in the world was just those few seconds of turning around, wondering what he was going to see in the back seat. Now, very fortunately, everyone was okay. But don't we all know that life really is very, very fragile? You know, I think I've read it at every single funeral I've ever done. I've either read it or referred to it. James 4.14 For your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. And it's in those moments that we are painfully reminded that life really is a gift to make the most of every opportunity, to tell the people in your life that you love them, to hug them every day. Coastal, I'm not sure how to say it any other way. Don't wait for a tragedy or a funeral to remind you to be grateful for your family. Do it today. I'm grateful for my family. Are you? There is one other certainty of life. Not only will we all die, but we will stand before God in heaven one day. And you will give an account for two things. What did you do with Jesus? And then if you get that right, what did you do with everything else that he gave you? your stuff, your gifts, your talents, your time, your calendar, your money, and yes, your family. But let me ask you a question. How would you answer that first question? What have you done with Jesus? Do you think he's just a good man, great teacher, an influencer? He, came, he claimed to be the Son of God, sent from heaven to die on a cross for your sin and mine. And until you ask Him to be your Savior and to be your Lord, you do not have the hope of heaven. You do not have the peace and the power and the purpose that He gives us day in and day out. You don't have the power to be the kind of family that God is calling you to have. You can have that today if you put your faith and your trust in Jesus and in him alone. Not only did he go to a cross, but he rose from the dead to prove who he was 
who he is, that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is alive. One day, he will call you home or he will call us all home as he returns. Are you ready for those certainties? If you're not, man, you can come home today. You can change that today. You can put your faith and your trust in Jesus and in him alone today. I'd love to pray with you and step you through that. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I am grateful for my family. I'm grateful for all the, all the craziness, all the stories, all the people. Um, they've all helped shape me, make me who I am. Sometimes I learned some things that I needed to improve. Something, sometimes I learned some directions that I wanted to go in a different way. A lot of times, from a lot of people, I learned how to be a better man, how to be a better husband, a better father. God, I'm thank you, thankful for my mom, thankful for my dad, I'm thankful for my wife, thankful for Christopher and Lizzie and Lydia, and yes, Andrew, <laughs> new part of our family. Lord, uh, I pray for the legacy that, um, that we're leaving. I pray that you find us faithful. Lord, today I believe there are people here in this church who are, and maybe someone watching online today, who is not yet ready to stand before you face to face on that day. But they're ready to come home. They're ready to come to Jesus and to be a part of your family today. Listen, just uh, pour your heart out to a loving Father. He is waiting and he is ready to welcome you with open arms. Just pray, God, forgive me. I have blown it. I've messed up. I'm a sinner and I admit it. But today, God, I want to come home. I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he went to a cross for me. I believe that he rose from the dead and he is alive. And I put my trust and my faith in him and him alone. And now, God, for the rest of my day, days, I just want to follow him. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to become more and more like you see me now, forgiven, brand new, clean, and righteous. Not because of me or anything that I can do, or, um, but because of Jesus and what he did for me. And yes, God, together, all of us, we want to live a more grateful life grateful for our families. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.